Hello, my name is JJ Holly, and I'm President and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce. And welcome to another episode of Between the Trees. I'd like to thank Woodlands Online, that's our technical sponsor for the show each week. And today it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Ms. Sandia Bayou with the World Affairs Council. So welcome. Thank you, JJ. So happy to be here and appreciate to be hosted part of this discussion. Uh, we have so many things to talk about about world affairs, so many things that are going on today, especially Indeed. the situation in Europe. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, I'm originally from Latvia. Mm -hmm. I was born in uh, during the USSR era. So uh, as to your point of uh, the conflict, it's very close and dear to me mm -hmm. because uh, as a citizen of Latvia, I still watch it. And of course, as uh, employee world affairs, I watch it quite differently mm -hmm. uh, in different uh, contexts. But the uh, story started with uh, immigrant coming over here with uh, not really big plans or intentions to stay in the U.S. Uh, the plan was just to be here all summer. I say it's been a long summer. I've been here more than 20-some <laughs> years. And uh, it was interesting coming from the nation that was not part of, was not independent country, was part of Soviet Union. I actually ended up working at the embassy of Latvia during my path here in the United States. So it was quite exciting. It was a time when we were joining NATO and European Union, which we hear now a lot in the news. Yeah. And being there on that pulse was very exciting. But uh, eventually, the, my path brought me here to Houston mm -hmm. when we opened the honorary consulate and still been very active with the Council Corps of Houston yeah. and now with the World Affairs Council for almost 30 years. Wow. And I think you bring a, a, a special perspective, too, because of your international history. So uh, welcome to the, you know, welcome to Houston. We're known for our <laughs> summers, so you're, you'll get right in with your long summer. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Now, uh, tell us about uh, the World Affairs Council what, and what that, what that organization does, sure. a little bit about it. Sure, sure. Uh, we celebrated our 50th anniversary, so we've been in this global conversation for 50-some years. Mm -hmm. uh, very proud of that uh, history. And we are a nonprofit educational edu organization mm -hmm. with a focus to talk about global affairs yeah. and how that what happens globally affects us locally and there are so mm -hmm. many examples that we can talk about what that means uh, also from the chamber side right from mm -hmm. not only the geopolitical side but what that means uh, in the financial world what it means for markets what does it mean for semiconductors you name it so That's it is right. very very interconnected so we bring speakers on different caliber on very timely discussions mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's the topic that resonates more sometimes it's the speaker that mm -hmm. uh, brings in the, the following and uh, if I may perhaps name drop some of the yes. speakers, uh, you know, from um, Madeleine Albright to Secretary Gates mm -hmm. to Nikki Haley to uh, Ambassador Susan Rice, uh, we partnered with Bill Gates. That's right. Uh, we featured uh, Rick Steves, the world, mm -hmm. you know, the world traveler. World traveler. <laughs> so it is. Uh, it is again. It's we're not geopolitical conversation. Yeah. We are very uh, make sure that we have a balanced uh, dialogue that we. Uh, present mm -hmm. and what we do is again we bring these experts we talk uh, most time it's evening discussions mm -hmm. luncheons panels mm -hmm. some smaller some not so much uh, typically do about 150 programs per year yeah you're very busy you yes. always have something going on absolutely there's a big world to cover that's right one of my first exposures to the world affairs council was a, uh, a talk by uh, former u.s senator uh, k belly uh, hutchinson yes that's right yeah. And she, I believe she was an envoy to NATO at Yeah, that she time? became U.S. ambassador to NATO. So we hosted yeah. her 
uh, in that role when she was back in Texas doing one of her visits. So. Yeah. And I remember that was an amazing discussion. And every discussion I've attended, it just I, I, I learned so much. Thank and there's you. so much going on in the world. And we are, we're in Houston. Yeah. You know, we have such an international flavor Absolutely. in Houston. And we're tied to so many other countries. So it is, uh, it's important for us to pay attention to what's going on in the world. It is. And I think we give you, you and others, guests, friends, members, to come and be part of the dialogue, be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. uh, I say we are a voice, too. And... Uh, uh, when an expert in a certain field comes and joins, I, I invite everybody to come and be part of that discussion. And it is a, it, it's such a uh, productive, uh, fruitful discussion, informative. We always, I, I learn so much. What we see in the news sometimes is just not, it doesn't go deep enough or really delve into the facts. Sure. But if you can spend an hour talking about a particular region of the world, you just leave with a better better understanding. Absolutely. And talking about different parts of the world, we, again, are very respectful that there's a big world out there mm -hmm. that we don't always focus on what is necessarily only in the news. Um, so uh, we will speak globally from, you know, Africa to Middle East to uh, south of the border. All of those are very important uh, mm -hmm. conversations for us uh, to have and not to be ignored. What are some upcoming programs you have at the, the Council? Quite a few, I would say. Uh, we actually have a conversation with Ethiopia. Uh, it was something in the news before mm -hmm. the conflict of Ukraine and Russia started. Yes. So we will have that discussion uh, planned as well. Venezuela is another country mm -hmm. that we hear about a lot. Uh, Ambassador of Venezuela to US will be joining us next week. Yeah. Uh, so Ethiopia, Venezuela. Actually, our next Woodlands program also next week, we talk about modern day slavery. Uh, such thing still exists. That's right. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And probably one of the bigger speakers that we have coming in a couple of weeks from today, uh, U.S. Ambassador to former, I'm sorry, former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'll have the pleasure of hosting him here in Woodlands, uh, one of the Portland organizations, Glade Gallery. Yes. Uh, so I expect that to be very well attended. Mm -hmm. possibly sold out uh, opportunity because wow. of the conversation of today. Um, and so before we do talk about Ukraine, there are, I know all of our focus is on Ukraine, obviously, sure. because it's, it's uh, because of the events there, but there are so many other issues that are happening in the world, yes. uh, you know, and you focus on uh, Africa, uh, South America, uh, uh, the Asian, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, China, absolutely. Uh, all those things, because we just can't, uh, we just have to be aware of what's going on and it's always going to affect us. Absolutely, and as that's our tagline, what happens globally affects us locally, yeah. and we yeah. experienced that, unfortunately, with coronavirus too, right? That it was something happening so far away, sure. and look what happened globally of what started in one part of the world. That's right, and we're finally, you know, two years in now, and so that's, uh, we're finally starting to see a little, you know, peek at the, uh, the, the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. It hopefully. is, and yeah. you know, for us as an organization that we do, in-person events. It was a very hard time, but I have yeah. to say we delivered uh, to our membership, which mm -hmm. is almost 2,000 members, so that's quite yeah. a large number of wow. members. With I think last year about 10,000 people joined different conversations that we had, so we were still very timely, but mm -hmm. we are back in person because there's a value of networking, just like events that the Chamber does. It is the value that's of right. networking. It's very difficult like, to connect through a TV screen absolutely. or Absolutely. You meet the like-minded individuals, and yeah. again, the conversation of the day what brings you together. So yeah. it's... Uh, well, and that's how we met. Yeah, absolutely. At an event. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Ukraine and the history, because this didn't just start a week ago. This has been something that's been, you know, centuries in the making. So 
what brought us to this point today? And I have to put a disclaimer that I don't claim to be an expert on, on <laughs> Ukraine, right? I, uh, given my upbringing, I have certain understanding mm -hmm. and also being part of this uh, continued education or access to information nice. or speakers, uh, perhaps, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we used to, Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union, just like Latvia. There were 15 republics in the Soviet mm -hmm. Union. And uh, some of them, Baltics being the first uh, separated away from the Soviet Union, became independent. So did Belarus, so did Moldova, so did um, Ukraine a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Baltic countries thrived relatively quickly to become part of European Union mm -hmm. and NATO because that was creating different alliances with the West. Mm -hmm. And it's not just alliance, and also I think it's very important to know that um, to join any of these organizations, not just you provide your payment and you are a member. There's mm -hmm. certain criteria that the countries need to meet. And I think mm -hmm. it was a really good way for when Bal the Baltics were doing it. It was a checklist that you need to meet, right? So you kind of need to put your house in order. Yeah. Your legislature needs to be in order. Your finances needs to be in order. Your employment needs to be in order. Mm -hmm. Education, all these big sectors need to be in order before one could qualify fully for the membership. So I think it's mm -hmm. very important to know. It's not that you just raise your hand and you are sworn in as a member. So it was a very good way for us to organize ourselves as nations. Yeah. And I think Ukraine was striving for that as well, mm -hmm. um, especially membership in NATO. And I think their uh, belief of that support that would come, and it does, once mm -hmm. you're part of that organization, you are uh, treated as an equal member of that organization. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of sensitivities came from their desire to strive to become members of NATO mm -hmm. uh, that were quite upsetting to the big neighbor to their east, which is uh, Russia. Yes. Um, two weeks ago, I was so hopeful that this conflict would not escalate, uh, that it was, as it was called, to be military exercises, friendly yeah. exercises that yeah. nations do. Uh, and that just happened to be a buildup on the border. Happened to be a buildup yeah. on the border. So there was, of course, different conversation. Is that exercise or will it escalate? Mm -hmm. uh, I have to say that I was hoping that it would not escalate, that yeah. everybody just show their tools mm -hmm. and then go home. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was right. And then, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And perhaps, you know, others too. And, and well, we were all hopeful. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we we want the peaceful resolutions and the, the, yeah. the human sacrifice is really what is so yeah. upsetting. And uh, Russia, I believe, was in what 2014, did invade and, and acquire uh, Crimea. Correct. Yeah. So there's there's a whole region in eastern U Ukraine that, at least what we're hearing from President Putin, is that they they have a desire to be part of Russia. It's Russian speaking. It's there's some cultural uh, ties yeah. there. But how does that work into all of this? And um, I'll expand a little bit further again back up north um, yeah. the Baltic countries and mm -hmm. uh, Latvia actually has very similar uh, notes and those notes are mm -hmm. that by separation of Soviet Union um, a lot of republics inherited what they inherited because it was not theirs to start with but being the western uh, border of the Soviet Union mm -hmm. that means for Ukraine that means for the Baltics that means for Belarus where the most west therefore the most protected therefore not surprising that we yeah. had the presence of Soviet military at that time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which, as you know, then comes with the uh, nationalities from all over the Soviet Union, right? Yeah. These are not just the Ukrainians fighting the border of Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. These were not just the Latvians. You're bringing in a lot of Soviets, a lot of Russian, Russian mm -hmm. speakers, 
mm -hmm. to be there. Uh, Soviet system falls apart, but not all those citizens necessarily go back to their starting point because by well, now they are intermarried, are their lives are there, and they exactly. stay. As a result of such, these nations inherit a lot of Russian and other uh, groups that came with the, the mm -hmm. Soviet military. Mm -hmm. um, Ukraine inherited a large percentage of that in the region that you referred to. Mm -hmm. uh, Latvia, from the, all of the Baltic countries, has the highest Russian um, minority present. Okay. Um, and uh, Russia has been known to use the card of my Russian citizens are calling me for help. Mm -hmm. uh, and that can be achieved differently by staging um, you know, demonstrations and so forth, or call for help, mm -hmm. to which then the leadership says, I have to go help my own citizens that are sort of trapped in this foreign nation and mm -hmm. nobody's helping them. So the notes of Eastern, his citizens in, in Eastern Ukraine, and because again, by default, there are many of them, yes, they have mm -hmm. their own culture and the language, mm -hmm. which is similar, but still different than Ukrainian. Um, so he came and said, they are asking for my help, so his communications back to Russia have been, I am here to help, mm -hmm. and uh, Russian citizens, and I don't want to popular saying that it's everybody and sure. completely, right? Um, might believe that he is indeed there to help his own people, and you know, the citizens should support, and yeah. therefore the fear going in back into Baltics because of that same calling card of his citizens or former citizens asking for him to come and help. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess an, an oversimplistic view would be that if you want to be part of Russia so bad, you're not trapped in the Ukraine. Correct. The border is open. Correct. Uh, it was when the Soviet Union fell apart, uh, most of these uh, military households were mm -hmm. offered chance to return back to their uh, Hometown, country, country yes. village, yeah. you name it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I know that some of the republics even had incentives and were willing to help them financially go where they came from. But mm -hmm. as you were saying, they're part of integrated society, live there now, right? Kids yeah. go to school, so it's not necessarily And it's an oversimplification. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, where, do you, where do you see this ending? I'm always curious about what's the exit strategy for Putin and how is the world going to react if if uh, if the entire country of Ukraine is just annexed militarily by, by Russia? I wish I had a crystal ball, yeah. you know. Uh, it's <laughs> very, very complicated and it's developing as, as, uh, as we see. It's um, also being cornered and I think Putin might feel cornered yeah. right now. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't really Which know. Which is what always a bad position to be in d diplomatically any position, or any time any to feel position. like you, you have no other choice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think uh, the, as he should be, the world is turning against him. I think he's, mm -hmm. he and his nation seeing what that means. But for me, it's the fear of when big nation and a leader of such power is being cornered mm -hmm. uh, is a little bit scary for me. Yeah. And I the fact that he put his nuclear forces absolutely. on alert. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So and another piece of this as well, and, and this happened, uh, you know, this has happened throughout, well, since the discovery of oil, uh, you know, Germany coveted that area as well. So did Russia because of the, the oil reserves Absolutely. in that area. So there's not only that military, but there's also that, that uh, uh, not that, not only that cultural issue, but there's also an economic issue with the natural resources. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Russia has been, uh, Energy has been a big part of this conversation again. Yeah. Uh, energy independence for most of the countries that 
border Russia, but mm -hmm. it is the largest resource that Russia has and sells yeah. and budgets for. And uh, um, we are still very much tied into that conversation as well. And being mm -hmm. that it's wintertime in Europe, it's not necessarily as easy just to switch the direction of flow uh, because, mm -hmm. uh, again, there is uh, uh, citizens of bordering nations that still rely on that supply. And, and that does provide in an, in an oil state like Texas or an energy state like yeah. Texas that it does supply some opportunities for us because we used to be a net exporter Absolutely. of of uh, that of oil. Yeah. Uh, we've since reversed that uh, through various policies yes. that yeah. uh, you, you all have discussed in some forums. Yeah. But it does um, provide us an opportunity to provide that resource to some of those countries. Absolutely. Which again could probably escalate things because Russia would not like that very much either. I agree to all, all definitely yeah. your points. I just big to turn a big machine like that it takes time to yeah. do so right to to pump the and people drill. need it today yes exactly yeah. so it, it, it's a cycle that would really take time uh, yeah. to supply but we have heard other countries step up and uh, offer their reserves mm -hmm. uh, if that was to happen too and it might be as if other countries to the west of Ukraine provide that resource and then perhaps the U.S. could backfill exactly. over time. And as usual, these issues are incredibly complicated. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so many moving pieces, so many countries involved, uh, and the history is just, you know, the U.S. being, you know, a little over 200 plus years old, uh, we're dealing with, you know, thousands of years sure. <laughs> uh, of, of history there, you yes. know, lots of give and take, Absolutely. lots of cultural differences Absolutely. and things. But, uh, if someone wants to find out more about the World Affairs Council, how would they do that? Uh, our website is a good yeah. friend, WAC Houston, so WACHouston.org. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I might, uh, just a couple more things to yes. share with uh, education, as I mentioned, is really big uh, opportunity for us. Yeah. And uh, I think you and I have discussed even participating with the high schools. So mm -hmm. uh, we are active in area high schools. We establish mm -hmm. our student World Affairs chapters. And I'm going to put call to action. I would love to Woodlands schools to be part of it. Yes. Uh, from Title One to homeschool to private, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. are equally treated and welcome to join this discussion. And it's yeah. amazing when students come and meet global leaders, and they go home, and they're really the spark that mm -hmm. uh, it triggered is so impressive. So. Yeah. Very much big supporter is our education outreach. So, mm -hmm. uh, if any of you have kids, grandkids, neighbors, nieces, yeah. nephews, would love for them to be part of our education uh, mm -hmm. outreach as well. Uh, we have great summer programming for students, continued education, and we mm -hmm. do very similar also for adults. Of uh, any age is no limit. Uh, uh -huh. It is a, a global institute that we run, and we bring again experts, but this is more of a classroom yeah. setting, so you can mm -hmm. continue that deeper conversation and mm -hmm. knowledge just continued education. And lifelong learning is always a good thing. I agree. And travel. Yeah. Uh, oh, we yes, so we have back. a travel uh, Absolutely. Uh, again, a global education, mm -hmm. I believe that there's no better way to really learn as and see. And uh, we do about ten, 10 trips a year to kind of unique uh, destinations. Just mm -hmm. a few years back, I was in Belarus, Ukraine, and Kaliningrad, and look where we are, you know, four years later wow. uh, on that. And unfortunately, we were planning a trip to Ukraine, actually, in Moldova uh, this year. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, quite unfortunate as well. But come enjoy the travel, uh, be part of discussion, be part of soft diplomacy, 
And again, when we come and we meet with leadership in foreign nations, we meet with U.S. representation mm -hmm. abroad, we meet mm -hmm. with educational leaders, trust me, that leaves an impact yeah. uh, on the people that we meet with. You and make a connection. Versa. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that's so important. You just learn more about people, learn more about the culture, learn more about the history, yes. uh, make those connections, then it's so much easier to understand and, and work together. It is, and I think makes it more uh, patient, understanding, yeah. uh, open to any kind of conversation is that uh, mm -hmm. education that really leads to it. So be yeah. part of it. Well, Sandia, thank you so much for your time today sure. and your expertise. Yeah. Uh, you talk to so many people and uh, you have so much knowledge. So thank thanks you. for sharing That's that with kind. us today. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Between the Trees. Again, we'd like to thank Woodlands Online for their support with the program every week. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you.